0: You are listening to episode 4 of the EU Startups Podcast. Today, I'm talking to Frederick Mazzella, the founder and chairman of Blablacar, which is the world's leading long-distance carpooling platform. Welcome back to another episode of the EU Startups Podcast. I hope you enjoy the summer, even if you're probably spending it like most people this year at home due to the ongoing global pandemic. The impact of COVID-19 on travel and work is also something I'll be discussing with today's guest. But before we jump into the phone interview, please let me take a short moment to thank our sponsor. The EU Startups Podcast is powered by ShareWorks by Morgan Stanley. Combining cutting-edge technology with outstanding client service, ShareWorks by Morgan Stanley provides solutions designed for the unique needs of startups. ShareWorks by Morgan Stanley simplifies the complexities of equity plan management, helps you engage with your employees, and provides your business with the tools it needs to comply with local and regulatory requirements. As an integrated platform, everything from HRIS integration to audit-ready financial reporting works together seamlessly for improved accuracy, collaboration, and decision-making. For more information, visit ShareWorks.com or check out the link in our show notes to schedule a free demo. But now, without further ado, let's jump right into the interview. Today I'm excited to have Frederick Marcella on the show. Frederick is the founder and chairman of Blablacar, which is the world's largest long-distance carpooling community with about 90 million people globally. In total, Blablacar raised about 390 million euros in funding and today is one of the few European scale-ups that reached unicorn status. But even more exciting than financial success, Blablacar was able to achieve a massive social and environmental impact and continues to do so. Frederick, welcome to the podcast. And thank you very much for taking the time.
1: Thank you very much. Hello.
0: Hello. So um, maybe let's start at the very beginning of BlaBlaCar. Um, how did it all start? Uh, what made you start BlaBlaCar, and what were like the biggest challenges in the first one or two years?
1: Well, so it started with the idea of carpooling during Christmas time uh, to bring me back home to Vendée, which is about 500 kilometers drive from uh, Paris in France. Mm-hmm. And so um, I immediately sought uh, a marketplace for coupling with something that would exist in the future. But the main challenge right after was to convince people around me that this was not just a crazy idea. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, when you've set yourself uh, such a mission and you, you build the first brick, you often feel lonely. And you have to overcome that and make sure you've got a, a pretty stable financial situation, actually, for at least two or three years to start your mission and get peace of mind so that you don't stop just because you're running out of gas. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I began to to develop a product. I was lucky I could code myself a bit uh, and, and I could uh, start the first version. And then uh, uh, you start to develop a product that uh, I started to develop a product that would work for me as a carpooler. Mm-hmm. And then I convinced people around me. I found new colleagues and co-founders uh, who had the compl- complementary skills. But it, it takes, yeah, it takes a few years to uh, actually start, and then convince people around you.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. And I assume that um, the initial business model was not the one that you eventually ended up with, right? So how did the business model of Blablacar change over time?
1: Ah, uh, so, yeah, we, we've got a, um, we've got a strong principle at DeveloperCard today, uh, which says fail, learn, succeed. And, uh, the least we can say is that we, we applied it to find the right business model. Um, we tried six different business models, um, wow. SaaS, B2B, monthly fees, uh, tentative of advertising, um, premium connection services, even specific coupling platforms. And finally, the transactional, uh, model that we've got today where actually uh, a driver publishes uh, his seats and uh, and then uh, passengers can book it. And then we okay. just seem to take a cut on, on this booking. Mm-hmm. So um, we chose the uh, transactional model over, uh, let's say, the advertising model, for example, because uh, we need and want to preserve our members' data uh, okay. by all means. So uh, you know what we say is that uh, if you don't pay for the product, you are the product. So we chose the transactional model because in this case, you simply pay for the product you're using and nothing more. And this is, uh, uh, this is very uh, healthy, I think, in terms of uh, business model.
0: Okay. And uh, Blablaka, if I saw it correctly, is now already available in about 17 languages and in many different countries. Did you experience any unexpected or unusual differences in user and market behavior that, from country to country? Or did the users behave pretty much the same uh, everywhere?
1: Well, no, it's uh, clearly not the same uh, everywhere. Each country is uh, is different. Um, something unexpected we had to face, and that finally became a business opportunity for us, is that in Russia, a few years ago, uh, when we launched, bus operators uh, started to create blah blah car accounts to distribute their seats. Mm-hmm. And back then, we wanted to prevent it from happening because our product wasn't made for that. And we didn't comply with the professional driver law requirements. However, uh, given the strong willingness of uh, bus operators to do so, we, we decided to tackle it, uh, to tackle the issue, and this gave birth to our, our digital marketplace for bus operators, so originally in Russia and now in many other countries. So, and this is uh, what we are building today as well.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. And when you think about entering new markets uh, in the past and in the future. Um, are you are you working with uh, local teams uh, on the ground in those countries, or um, are, is the whole team headquartered in France in Paris?
1: So we've done uh, we've done a mix of all this. Um, until two thousand seventeen, our objective was to become the world's leading community of coupling. So we went from one to twenty two countries in five years. And, um yeah, we can say today that each country has its own reasons for success, but it's difficult to know how a totally new product will be adopted mm-hmm. until you really try to enter the country. So we chose countries which had attributes we believed would make coupling work, like the size and the spreading of the population in the country, mm-hmm. uh, the price of transport in general, and the cost of motoring in particular. Mm-hmm. Uh, that include the price of gas, Uh, the price of tolls and the price of insurances, uh, the price of packings, etc. We also looked at mobile usage. And um, if we look at some large countries, um, what we can say is that in countries like Russia or Brazil, Mm -hmm. we experienced a quick adoption and a tremendous growth, like three-digit growth for four years. Mm -hmm. Uh, In Brazil, there's no train network and all long-distance travels happen on the road. Um, then in countries like India or Mexico, the adoption was slower than expected. The culture on the internet or mobile usage was probably not ready enough, so we decided to temporarily cut our marketing investments, but with time we now see a double-digit growth in uh, in India and Mexico, and the future of BlaBlaCar will probably greatly include uh, these countries. Mm-hmm. Also. Yeah, so we're a tech company, you know, and so, uh, what we aim at is uh, centralizing all the tech and product layers. Uh, but in our key markets, we also need a local expertise. So we have teams on the ground mm-hmm. to build partnerships to manage government relations and adapt uh, our marketing strategy. Uh, we now have um, a quite significant geographic footprint and our goal is to clearly become the go-to place for shared mobility. Mm-hmm. This is the reason why we expand our offer beyond long distance coupling. Mm-hmm. with also um, commuting carpooling, buses, and more recently, maybe you 've seen the electric scooters, mm-hmm. thanks to a partnership we have with, uh, we have with boyya
0: mm-hmm. okay, so you already mentioned it there at the end um, so you 're not only expanding uh, into other countries but also in other ways of transportation and a while ago, you also extended your business by launching blah blah bus um, How is that going so far, and do you consider extending this kind of offering in the future to even something like blah blah plane?
1: <laughs> uh, yeah well the blah blah plane maybe not for now uh, so, yeah. but no yeah we're, we're building a multi-model travel app so um, that blah blah car becomes uh, even more attractive for passengers uh, mm-hmm. as they don't need to visit multiple services to find uh, multiple travel options so yes we are uh, now offering buses alongside carpooling because uh, the two modes complete one another actually buses allow us to offer trips on uh, high feed up rates roads at low prices for people who usually plan their trips uh, well in advance. And carpooling uh, offers us a unique granular network uh, at low price, um, and that connects all destinations, even those poorly served by other means of transport. And all this even works at the last minute, actually. So that's uh, the beauty and the magic of carpooling. So a possible next step for us would be to offer the possibility to also book a train ticket on blah, blah, blah. However, uh, yeah, not planes at this stage, but uh, who knows. Mm-hmm. Uh, we would not operate trains, uh, actually, of course, uh, just like we don't operate buses. We simply work with bus operators. Mm-hmm. However, we, we would work with train operators to help them sell their available seats because, uh, as you know, BlaBlaCar's DNA is to be a marketplace and not an operator. Mm-hmm.
0: So how is bus going so far for um, car?
1: Well, in less than a year, we succeeded in offering buses for most of uh, our community across the globe. Mm -hmm. So that was uh, quite a a launch. Um, Most of our users uh, now see buses in their search results. And we revamped uh, our platform from a carpooling app to a multimodal app. So we can say it's on the way to becoming a success. Mm -hmm. Uh, And following the lift of the COVID-19 travel restriction measures, we see a fast recovery actually of uh, our best marketplace in emerging markets especially. Mm -hmm. And we relaunched uh, our BlaBlaBus network in Europe uh, a few weeks ago. What we see is that week over week, the activity is growing 50% per week Mm -hmm. uh, lately. And so uh, we we are now back to uh, more than 90% of the big cities uh, in France, for example, uh, which are covered with our uh, BlaBlaBus network. Mm -hmm. So um, maybe... A thing which is uh, interesting is to see that the uh, uh, the reboot, I would say, of uh, carpooling is uh, a bit uh, stronger and faster uh, than the reboot of the bus network, just because, you know, in carpooling, people offer... Their seats and so we did not decide on the network of carpooling because it's really purely a c2c marketplace and drivers offer the seats uh, they want mm-hmm. and so uh, it gets uh, it gets back uh, a bit faster than the bus network which uh, for which we need to reboot line after line so it's a different uh, actually it's a different activity it's a different travel means and it's a totally different um, uh, job mm-hmm. but we see uh, that uh, the carpooling is uh, getting back faster than this is uh, because of this reason
0: mm-hmm. and you also have this e-scooter offering um how does covid19 impact this part of the business so far
1: oh uh, well so you know it's a partnership with void so it's really uh something we we do uh jointly uh so the activity is getting back um good as well it, it's actually uh uh, very um, popular, I would say, uh, yeah. because uh, it's, uh, well, especially because it's also summer. And uh, so it's it's hard, you know, to compare data because there are so many parameters which uh, have been uh, um, Changing the uh, the behaviors lately, uh, including COVID-19, but also the arrival of uh, summer, plus the fact that you have many many actors uh, playing in the e-scooters field, that uh, clearly on the blah the blah ride offer we see a, a strong uh, a strong demand, and we see a lot of people um, very happy actually to use this way to move around in the city. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay, so uh, with additional mobility options like uh, the buses, the e-scooters BlaBlaCar is becoming much more than just a carpooling platform, right? You already mentioned that. Um, who would you yeah. say um, are cars direct competitors these days? Is it like a Flixbus or an Omeo? Who do you see as a competitor?
1: Well, I see, it depends on the activity itself. Uh, well, if you look at uh, uh, the... the the, the people, the platforms who do just buses, then we do offer buses on BlaBlaCar uh, as well. So on this segment, we will be competitors. If you look at the uh, e-scooters, uh, the, then we'll be competitors. But then the thing is, we offer the possibility on BlaBlaCar to, to book just about anything. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's a different approach uh, to be a go-to marketplace where you can book your travels than to be a Let's say uh, simply a, a bus network uh, or to be a comparator, uh, purely a comparator, uh, and not a, um, not a platform on which you can book. Mm-hmm. So, uh, uh, yes, uh, we, we're in the travel space, so there are many uh, competitors you can uh, name. But actually, um, well, if you ask me uh, the, the question, I think we're unique. Mm-hmm. Okay.
0: That's a good spot to be. Yeah.
1: Um,
0: so Blablacar is one of France's uh, biggest tech startup success stories, um, period. But I assume you also made a few mistakes along the way. And so what were some of your biggest mistakes, you would say, in your entrepreneurial journey? And what did you learn from
1: them? Well, so, yeah, uh, I've done many mistakes. Um, but hopefully they didn't result in total failures. Well, I believe because uh, we were able to, to act on them mm-hmm. when we identified them. And uh, we did not insist or keep doing them. That's the thing. Actually, uh, actually that's a lesson, I would say. Failure is often the result of a repeated mistake. Mm-hmm. But if you act on it, you can avoid failure after a mistake. So among uh, some mistakes, I'd say... Uh, It's better if you choose the right name, the right brand for your company as soon as possible, and if possible, right at the beginning, because changing uh, your name along the way is very costly, and uh, lots of people uh, hesitate to do that. We have to change, you know, from uh, coverturage.fr to car. Uh, in France and from uh, other names uh, to blah blah, 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 in other countries as well. So, uh, yeah, I would say if you can choose your definitive name uh, right from start, it's better. Mm-hmm. And then I would say, uh, you know, uh, I mentioned the uh, principle we have, which is fail and succeed, which we've applied a lot, including to business models. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think it's, it's great to have this uh, principle and to be able to be agile and change your business model along the way. However, I would not advise, advise to uh, to try several business models at the same time, uh, including in several uh, countries, because this is actually very, very hard to handle, both mm-hmm. with your community and internally, because when you have several ways of... Um, offering your service and uh, and uh, having people pay for it, it creates confusion. Mm-hmm. So it's good to try several business models, but um, you should try to isolate them as much as possible to not create too much confusion.
0: Okay, makes sense. You led Blablaka from a small startup team to becoming a scale up with about 700 team members. How did your leadership approach change over time and how do you make sure to keep a good company culture alive even during fast growth?
1: Well, I'd say in terms of leadership, uh, I think of two things which are important. I think whether your team has 10, 100, or possibly uh, a 1,000 people. Um, The first thing is uh, you should try to convey your vision in the most articulated and rational way because your dream needs to be fully described if you want uh, the team to leave the dream with you. Uh, You can just expect that um, without uh, arguments, uh, it it will work. So there's a lot of work to transform your dream into something which is actually more rational, Mm -hmm. and your vision into something that is actionable. Uh, And the second thing I would say is um, you have to make sure you communicate genuinely all the time about what you know and what you don't know. Um, It's important to admit mistakes and to create trust and to show you're simply trying to do your best to make things happen. Um, and so, yeah, I, I also think this is uh, this works uh, all the time. Uh, not, it does not depend on the size of the, of the team, I think, mm-hmm. I hope. Okay. And then also uh, one thing on the culture, um, to ensure to the culture stays right when your startup enters in a hyper-growth phase. Uh, a good thing is to articulate what makes all of you happy to work together and to articulate all this together, uh, meaning bottom-up and not top-down. Mm-hmm. In uh, in 2012, we crowdsourced a set of 10 uh, principles that um, that trained our mindset uh, on interactions and guided us through every strategic decision we made. So among them, you'd find um, at the time uh, some some principles like uh, the member is the boss, uh, in trust, we trust. Mm-hmm. The member is the boss was something uh, inherited as well from... Uh, uh, Sam Walton, the founder of Walmart, who had said there is only one bus, a customer. Uh-huh. Okay. It's actually a good spirit to have in the company, to to uh, uh, put the mm-hmm. entire company at the service of the uh, the clients, or the members. Mm-hmm. The other one was in trust trust because we were building a trust network. Mm-hmm. Another one was uh, fun and serious. You um, to, to just saw the balance between like very being very proud of producing something uh, serious and also uh, having some fun doing it. And then uh, in 2017, the team uh, considered that following the many developments uh, of the previous five years, the principles should also evolve. So the old principles um, are still an integral part of who we are, but the six, we have now have six, uh, what we call blah, blah principles. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and they're the one we have collectively chosen to put forward for the next phase of development. So among them you'll find, uh, we, we used that before and then we, we re-emphasized it uh, in 2017, but one of them is a share more, learn more. So it's mm-hmm. really a culture where you share to learn, mm-hmm. and um, it's, it's a strong pillar of uh, how we behave. Uh, the other one I, I named several times was fail, learn, succeed. Mm-hmm. Like in between failure and success, you've got uh, the learning phase. Another one is be lean, go far, mm-hmm. which means that uh, yeah, if you're careful and you spend your resources right, you will go further than if you spend uh, too much on things which uh, don't work. Mm-hmm. Um, another one is dream, decide, deliver. For example, so uh, which means that when you when you have a meeting with your colleagues, it can be a dream meeting, a decide meeting, or a deliver meeting. But mm-hmm. the, the worst thing that can happen is that uh, you think you're in a deliver meeting and someone comes back uh, with a dream. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so this doesn't have delivery. So what we do is when we have meetings, we explicitly say what kind of meeting it is. If it's a dream meeting, then everything is allowed. Mm-hmm. If it's a decide meeting, then uh, it, it gets more focused. Mm-hmm. And if it's a delivery meeting, then it's very operational and we just have to deliver. Mm-hmm. Cool
0: and those blah blah principles um, they sound super awesome, but how much incorporated is it really in the company? do you think like um do most blah blah employees um really know those principles on top of their head, and is this maybe even something you kind of hire and fire for, or is it just like um I don't know, so something that everyone aligns a little bit on, but it doesn't play a big role in the day-to-day business.
1: It does. It, it is embedded in the culture, actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, for example, if I take the share more, learn more mm-hmm. principle, uh, every uh, two weeks we've got what we call a blah-blah talk, and one team shares what they've done in the past weeks or months and what they will do in the um, in the coming months. Uh, to uh, with the entire company. So it can be about marketing, it can be about tech, it can be about finance, it can be about recruiting, it can be anything. Uh, and so uh, by this way we share and we, uh, we get the involvement of everybody around the uh, themes which are not their own job but actually uh, it's really a way of sharing knowledge inside the company. If I take, like, for example, uh, the new uh, principle, which is be the member, which is a bit inherited from the one I talked about, which is uh, the member is the boss. Mm-hmm. Uh, so now it's be the member. Be the member means you use the product, you make your feedback to the product team so that we improve the product all the time. And actually uh, we've got uh, at the office, uh, we've got what we call the wall of Ambassadors. The wall of Ambassadors is a place where you have all the um, the employees who are ambassadors on Blah Blah Car, you know, ambassador is kind of the highest level you can reach in terms of trust on the platform. And yeah. so we've got, um, depending on the countries, one to two percent of the entire community in each country, which is ambassadors, mm-hmm. uh, which are ambassadors. But at Blah Blah Car, it's, uh, more than 30 percent of the team, which is ambassadors. So we use our own product. So we are the member. Mm-hmm. And this really helps uh, everybody to stick to the service we provide to our members. But it's really embedded in the uh, in the culture mm-hmm. through uh, concrete actions that the team does, and also they are displayed on the wall everywhere. So it's mm-hmm. very very present. Okay, it is something the team created, so we we are proud of it and we use it.
0: Mm-hmm. Awesome. So what is the next big milestone for Blablacar? Um, are you planning an IPO in the near future?
1: <laughs> near future, no, I <laughs> well, you know, uh, some things uh, change plans, like, uh, uh, like we've seen, uh, it's very, very hard to, uh, uh to forecast anything. Uh, we nobody uh, saw the crisis coming, mm-hmm. but, uh, so no, no, in the near future, surely not. Uh, we, you know, in the later future, no one can say. I mean, it's really, uh, uh, it's it's not a topic today for us. Uh, we're really uh, focused on delivering the, the best service for our community and also uh, becoming the go-to marketplace for uh, for shared mobility. Mm-hmm. It's not a it's not a focus for us uh, right now. Okay. but uh, you should never say never. So maybe mm-hmm. one day.
0: Okay. Um- Let's imagine you could travel back in time, Frederick, and give your 20-year-old self some business and life advice. What kind of advice would you give your 25-year-old self?
1: Well, uh, I would possibly emphasize things which, uh, which maybe I did a bit intuitively, but uh, which now I have rationalized a bit more. Uh, I would say uh, use your two brains because you've got two. Mm -hmm. So use your two brains when you make choices. Uh, Use the brain in your head and the brain in your guts. Uh, That's actually important because uh, when you make a choice also with your guts, uh, you get a lot more energy at uh, executing right after. Mm -hmm. Um, Then um, your privilege as a founder is to choose who you work with. So uh, choose them right. Take the time. Um, uh, to to make sure uh, the right people you want to work with Uh, and so it's also something I did uh, like I I took the time to make sure the people I uh, I work with were uh, the people I wanted to work with for years Mm -hmm. and then uh, uh, yeah then of course use your passion as an engine for achievement Mm -hmm. Uh, be prepared to not count your hours and you'll have a lot of fun
0: okay um so I have a very last question um so COVID-19 is changing a lot of things right at least right now uh, a bit the travel industry hopefully just for the short, short term um but it also has a big impact on how we work um many teams are going remote uh, some companies even say they will change to remote work um, for a much longer time, maybe even forever. Um, how do you see COVID-19 um, impacting the work and, and the team of Car And um, what is your take on remote work?
1: So, yeah, uh, this was a very interesting period for us. So in March, uh, at the countries in which we operate, gradually put in place travel restriction measures. The carpool activity on blah, blah, car has dropped to almost zero in most of our markets. Mm-hmm. And then we also decided to suspend the uh, whole blah, blah, bus network. But since uh, the list of travel restrictions, we've seen uh, a faster recovery in activity, uh, faster than we anticipated. Actually, mm-hmm. in France, for example, we caught in more bookings over the past few weeks than last summer. So it's uh, it's a good sign of a reboot. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually, our marketplace business model, as you know, especially on the bus side, uh, has almost no fixed cost, and this allows us to to be better, uh, and to to better face the crisis than most transport players. Mm-hmm. Um, also, working remotely has always been something we were doing um, um, uh, before, mm-hmm. uh, before uh, the virus, and so switching to a full remote mode was not as big an issue as in many other transport companies. Mm-hmm. So in the long term, we are totally convinced that uh, BlaBlaCar meets the need for a more economical and a greener way of traveling, mm-hmm. um, so this is also uh, the, the structure of the marketplace which makes us uh, stronger.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay, but you're looking forward to have the whole team again uh, in an office uh, reunited, or um, will will remote work um, be a a bigger part of how you work in the future?
1: Well, for sure, uh, and I think it's true for for most companies, if not all, uh, remote work will be now a component of how companies work, for Mm -hmm. sure, uh, in the future because COVID-19 has changed that. So, um, uh, I, like, uh, we can bet that it will take a, a bigger part in the future remote working than mm-hmm. before. Uh, but then, um, it's really too early to say if we will be able to gather everybody in the uh, in the uh, same office uh, in the coming months. You know, mm-hmm. uh, the situation is really uh, I mean, it's been it's been a, a serious. I mean, we we don't know what's happening in the next months, so mm-hmm. I can I can't really answer this question.
0: Okay, let's hope for the best. Thank you so much for your yes. time, Frederick. It uh, was a pleasure talking to you. Thank you very you. much.
1: Thank you very much.
0: Perfect. Bye bye. Have a nice day. Ciao. You too. Thanks.